Thank you for joining us on the Our New Normal Podcast. I'm Kim Devine. Traumatic brain injury survivors finally have a platform for sharing their own personal stories, obstacles, and struggles. We'll also hear from the different medical professionals, such as physical, occupational, therapists, doctors, nurses, and more. Let's join in now to the Our New Normal Podcast. Please welcome Randy and Linda Clark of Alton Bay, New Hampshire. That is beautiful country up there. Welcome, Randy and Linda, to the Our New Normals podcast. Thank you. Thank you, John. It's great to have you on. I know that we have been talking for some time trying to get you on here because this ministry is all about traumatic brain injury survivors, their families, medical professionals. What was going through your minds when you received the phone call about Jason? On April 7, 2002, that was what was going through my mind was not much. It was uh, pretty much a shock when I asked the lady, was Jason okay? And she wouldn't answer me because he was 21 years old. And she was not able, because of HIPAA laws, she was not able to answer my questions. All she said to me was, you better get here quickly. So that pretty much ended the conversation. I guess what really happened from then on is I spent about two minutes just screaming at God. After I got done having a pity party with that, I went to start getting the plane tickets that we were going to need to get to Kansas City. Now, I don't know what Linda's thoughts were, and maybe she'd like to add something, because honestly, we've never discussed what our thoughts were at that time. It was a shock, and it was going to be a process to see if we could get out there as soon as possible, because we just had no idea what we were going to find when we got there. So it really was, how do we get a hold of our daughter? How do we get to, to find a plane? Where is it going from? Where is it going to? So... It pretty much trying to make schedules happen. As parents, did your faith help this devastating news of Jason play any role for the both of you? Yeah, I spent a few minutes screaming at God. I mean, you know, I, I have faith. We know Jesus is our Lord and Savior. When I was faced with this, my uh, emotional self took over, and I, uh, I started screaming with God. Evidently, my wife, Linda, is a lot more possibly centered than I am because mine was initial emotional response. Uh, And then uh, when I sat down at the uh, computer trying to find tickets to get to Kansas, uh, I got on the phone with several airlines trying to find tickets that would get us there as early as possible. And I told her what happened, you know, that my son was in in a hospital. We had no idea if he was alive or dead and we needed to get out there. And, you know, God was, was in it because she uh, she said to me, well, wait a minute. Let me look at all the schedules of every airline in the uh, in this area. We had to get to the airport in less than two hours from Stoddard, New Hampshire. And uh, if it hadn't been for a neighbor, Ron James, who I called to let him know we needed uh, him to take care of the animals because we were heading away for we didn't have any idea how long. And he said, wait a minute. I'm going to come up and take you to the airport. And so he got us to the airport early enough to catch a flight that I just, I was amazed that he, he got us there that quick. To Boston. To Boston, out of Logan. 
and he got us there and God opened up the doors for us to get on the plane and get to Kansas City in time to be able to get to the hospital. When I got to the hospital, we neither one of us knew whether we would be identifying a body or seeing a living human. And when we came around the wall of the ICU and viewed uh, Jason in uh, all plugged into all the machines, we realized he's alive. And you know what? There's hope. Amen to that. In my case, my wife and I have been married 30 years now. We have always cried out to God, especially when we are in need. And we learned how to face him in the storm, especially now. This must have been one of those moments for the both of you. Well, it was uh, at the time we first saw him, there really wasn't any prognosis as yet. Uh, because they had no idea when he hit the first side of the ditch, the uh, the bags deployed, and by the time he hit the other side of the ditch, he was uh, no seatbelt. He was thrown all over in the car, and he was laying there in the car. We have no idea when the accident actually happened or when they actually found him. The police officer that had found him thought he was dead, and it wasn't until Jason's foot moved that he realized he was alive and uh, ordered a life flight to Independence, Missouri Trauma Center. At that point, there was no real forecast because the pulmonary doctor would only come in and tell us that he was stable. The neurologist said, we, are, we can't do anything until they figure out his lungs. So there really wasn't a whole lot going on. They had Jason, I mean, Jason was in a coma. Left after I saw Jason was alive, we went back into our waiting room, the waiting room at the ICU, and I sat down and started paging through a phone book because I uh, told my wife, I said, cannot do this alone. And uh, I called a, a church that was near the, the hospital, and I asked if somebody could come and pray with us. And the one that, was, that came over was the worship leader. We gathered around that bed, and we prayed for Jason. We prayed that God would uh, raise him from this bed. We prayed that he would come up from this bed and, and that Jason would live and would thrive and that this was not going to be an event that ended his life. We had faith that God had answered that prayer. I keep telling people all the time when they ask me about God, like there's a woman down the street here. She's kind of fallen away. But I told her, I spoke with her for about an hour, and I said, you know, God really wants to hear your pain. You can talk to him, because he, he welcomes that. You got to make sure that you speak to him. Well, now she's getting closer to becoming more faithful. What changes did you see in Jason as a result of this accident? It was a long time coming up. He was, he was probably two months, not quite two months in the coma before he really could get into physical therapy, really working on coming back. Today, I would say some of the things um, are the only bone he broke was in his forehead, and he cracked his forehead. Then that sent his eye neuron sheared, and so when his eye reconnected, it created a... It, went off kilter. So he has double vision when he looks out both his eyes. So usually he will wear a pair of glasses that has one eye 
blackened. The, the lens in it is blackened, so he doesn't see the double. So that creates an issue in that he's lost his 3D and his balance is shaky. That's one of the things that you can see pretty much predominantly. The other thing is his short-term memory. Now, early on, it was really pretty bad. It was junk. But over time, we've seen quite a bit of improvement. His long-term memory was always good. And as he was doing things, we would try to see what he could remember. So we would show him photos of events and people in his past to see if he would remember them. And he was always very good about getting everything right. Early on, especially, it's like, what did you have for breakfast? I don't remember, you know. So some of those things took a while, but they have changed, and it has grown, and it's not fabulous, but it's better. He's able to do most anything he intends to do, which is truly a gift from God. Amen to that. Now, Randy, what do you think are some of the changes that you noticed? Pretty much what Linda said as far as the physical those, those changes that were, you know, from the, the accident itself. But what I saw of Jason, as he came out of this, uh, this coma, he had, uh, he had walked kind of away from God. And when he ended up in Missouri, he was on his way back to God. He had got, uh, he was doing carpentry. He was a framer in, in Missouri. And he had a good Christian boss named George Rice, who was just a, he was an angel to Jason and he treated Jason well. He, he talked to him about things of faith and he, he mentored my son back to Jesus uh, from kids that he kind of walked away. Um, so when Jason came out of the coma and we're, you know, we were working with him uh, during the therapy period, my son, that man who he is now was fully engaged with Jesus. He, he knew he had, uh, that Jesus had brought him out of this and that, you know, he owed a lot to the Lord for the for his healing that he received. Things where he is still struggling, he knows that that is, you know, part of what he, he is, you know, going to deal with for probably the rest of his life. Jason has become um, a mighty man of prayer. He yeah. is an inspiration. Biggest changes we saw in him was that when his compassion for other people, his desire to help other people, but particularly when, you know, people will say, oh, we pray for you, we'll pray for you, and kind of put it off. Well, Jason just comes right down and does it right now. He'll take your hand he'll and take pray your with hand you. He'll take your hand and he'll start prayer. And it's really so special to see and hear him doing this and knowing the sincerity in his heart. It's just incredible. Uh, you know, I, I, I would say we were concerned, but we weren't worried because uh, we had uh, 105 churches. That same man, Ron James, uh, had uh, called me up one day, and he said, listen, you're going to start calling me every day, and you're going to get an update, and I'm going to take that update, and I'm going to send it out to 105 churches that are praying for your boy. So we knew God had a tight hand. No, that's wonderful, because even in my story, if it wasn't for our faith and our belief, that God is who he says he is, I don't think I would be here right now. How has this accident changed your personal lives? I guess early on, you know, he lived with us, and we did a lot of 
uh, Linda spent a lot of time going over to Crotchet Mountain Rehab, which is uh, was a great uh, resource for us. And we both spent a lot of time with Jason doing therapies. Uh, we've got pictures of him doing different types of therapies at our house. The one who was affected most negatively is my daughter because she lost her best friend. He's a different guy. And she's, you know, learning how, I mean, she's uh, 18 months younger than Jason, but she feels like she's become the adult child now in the family. And, and, and at the beginning, that was probably true. But at this point, she still has, has to keep an eye on him because, you know, sometimes, he, you know, they, he gets into scrapes. Uh, because of his, you know, memory or, or stuff like that, and she'll help him through some of those. But you'll have to talk with her to get that kind of, that side of the story of, of this whole thing, uh, I'm thanks, sure. Thanks to the two of us, though, it brought us together in a very different way than something else might have. We literally had to leave home, give up our lives, and, and be with our son and do what was best for him for over three months before we came back. Fortunately for us, we were given that opportunity to be able to do that. It also tested our faith, but it also gave us the opportunity to witness in a very different way than I think anything else. We witnessed to the people at the hospital. We witnessed to other people in the ICU. We saw other families have similar catastrophic events going on, and they didn't have a faith. And we saw them really pulling apart, whereas... We couldn't, we depended on each other and we spent the whole time together and it really, I think it really solidified our relationship in a very different way that only some kind of trauma does. So it really gave us an opportunity, like I say, to witness but to express our beliefs and to trust in the Lord because we were not, we were dependent on what he had for us in that time and place. We had nothing that we had required except to, but to wait on him for what was the next step. On top of that, it was the church that we got involved with came around us and just embraced us. And uh, I, we would be sitting in a, in a service and somebody would tap me on the shoulder and be uh, have a, a $50 bill or a $100 bill. I don't like taking money from people. I, I said, oh, no, we're doing great, brothers. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the, the uh, offer. But we're doing well, and we were, by the way. While we were away, both our uh, we owned a flower shop, and I, I'm, I'm a sales guy, and both our businesses seemed to continue to flourish, even while we were out in Missouri and not even involved. And, uh, and I remember the pastor of the church coming up to me after about a week, and he said to me, Randy, every time you turn away somebody's gift, you steal their blessing, and I will not do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that happened to me, Randy. Um, I was a disc jockey for a large part of my life. You can learn more about John's incredible journey by visiting his website at gracefromabove.org. That's gracefromabove.org. See how a divine touch of God inspired him to write his book, Grace, the e-book, Does God Really Exist?, and how this podcast was born. I'm Kim Devine. Please join us here every Tuesday and Wednesday for another edition of the Our New Normal Podcast.
and I worked at Kiss One Way FM in in um, Malden. But um, I remember I did a function. It was a birthday party for someone they knew for nothing. And at the end, they said, here, John, and it was a $500. And uh, I was like, no, 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 you know? He goes, you're going to block a blessing for me? And you call yourself a Christian? <laughs> so I learned the same, yeah. I, I learned the same, um, the same lesson. Yeah. It, the scriptures, the scriptures tell us in Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That scripture I have come to love, especially after my fall, John 14 says. Was there a verse in God's word that helped the both of you? Yes. Absolutely. You know, I, uh, it was interesting because when uh, Jason, uh, we, we did a trip back to the, neuro- well, first off, the neurologist came in when they, they uh, after two weeks of Jason being uh, draining his, uh, they drained his lungs for two weeks and, and he was on a, a, a trach and, and all other kinds of stuff. Well, the pulmonary doctor came, came in after two weeks and he said, uh, I think we're out of the woods. And uh, I said, okay, well, how long have you known that? And he said, well, about a week. And I said, oh, why didn't you tell us before? And he said, because when I told people that we're out of the woods, something bad usually happens. You know, uh-huh. so he was waiting until he was absolutely sure. And then the neurologist was able to get to work on him. And the neurologist came to us one day after uh, he had he had to put a needle down into Jason's spine to draw up fluid so his brain because Jason's brain was swelling sure. and they uh, from uh, and they drew up that that fluid and he came in and he said well I got lucky and I got that needle where it needed to be and drained that fluid and I looked at him and I kind of laughed I said man you got 105 churches praying for your hands and he looked at me and he just kind of said okay well whatever you know and and then when we uh, when we got Jason home and uh, we decided one year later to go back to that hospital and visit the same people who had worked with Jason. We yeah. went back and brought him back, and they loved seeing him. They were just in, they they had a, a, a ball. they made a party for him and everything. And this neurologist or neurosurgeon came in, and uh, he looked at Jason. He kind of looked at him up and down, and he said, "How you doing?" And Jason looked at him, big smile, he laughed, he says, I'm doing great. We're <laughs> <laughs> on the family, a scripture verse became Joshua, uh, Joshua 27. I know the plans I have for you, not for harm, but to prosper you. And we clung to that one. So you, know, you know what's funny? I mean, the both of you don't know this, but I used to... <clears throat> It was actually um, something I wasn't going to tell anybody, but my wife knows. I used to run a Jeremiah 2911 Service to Humanity one. Yeah, she meant Jeremiah. Yeah, I know she did. That's why I said it. Um, I I started one, and um, I'm going to be getting back to that by next summer, which is, you know, only by the grace of God can I do something like that. But um, 
I, I understand what you're saying. You guys have tremendous faith, and it really, really shows on the both of you. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's right. You know I wrote a book, right? <laughs> anyway, I'll talk, I'll talk to you after about that. I can edit anything. Um, oh, okay. Um, All right. Yeah. Sure. Scripture. Go ahead, yeah, I can edit it right in. Yeah, alright. So we'll get that correct. Uh, hold on. Sure. Sorry about this. No, never uh, mind. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. We're uh, we're doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, bear with me a moment. No problem. Uh, because it, it was our it was our family scripture for for that whole time we were there. And, and isn't it funny how you forget the family scripture after everything turns out okay, right? Well, that, right. that's what we get for being human. All right, Jeremiah is over here. He's uh, 29. 29. 11. 11. 11. All right. So bad at that. No right, problem. Go ahead, Linda. So the scripture our family stayed with was Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And that really made us something to cling to. Amen uh, to that. Um, well, Randy and Linda, I would love to thank you so much for sharing your story. So other parents that have listened to your story and and are going through a traumatic time, now know what it's like for other people. And that's kind of what this podcast is all about. It's about giving people the hope, um, not that they're... They read me my last rites, and they told my wife and children I would never walk or talk again. Yeah, right, um, yeah. But I don't know what... No, and only God knows... But I've written a book, an e-book. I started a podcast, and there's more to come, not on my own for me, but for the glory of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So thank you. Um, Thank you, Randy and Linda, for giving us so much of your personal testimony. And we'll be hearing from Randy, hopefully, by next week. (laughs) Oh, Jason? Yeah. You're here. We'll be hearing from Jason next week. Okay. Cool. Okay, cool. now we just let it roll. But, um, yeah. Um, oh, I so think we're going to do this separately? Going to do us, and then you're going to do him separately? Yeah, you yeah. were supposed to do earlier, yeah. but he was having trouble with the equipment. Right. Yeah. So do you want to get uh, contact information for our daughter to uh, connect with her? 